Jesus is with his disciples. And as he is looking across the multitude of people, his heart breaks. He watches them scurry about and he said, fellas, look. They wander around like sheep with no shepherd. And then he said, fellas, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. I'll be honest with you. I have been preaching for 43 and a half years. I started preaching at the age of 13. Actually, I started preaching at three. No, uh, <laughs> at the age of 13. And I was in Guatemala, Chihuahua, Mexico. I was on a missions trip. My youth director conned me into going, hey, I can get out of the country and leave my mom and dad for two weeks. Here we go. <laughs> a man stood in a little church in Guatemala and preached in a building about half the size of this room, and there was probably twice this many people in it. They were packed in like a pickup truck. I don't know what the man said. He preached all in Spanish. I knew a few words in Spanish. Comida, which means food. Baño, that means bathroom. Only two words I had to know, amen? But I watched a bunch of Mexican folks come to an altar and get saved. And God smote my heart. He'd been working on me for a while. To this day, I couldn't tell you what the man preached, but I hit the altar in, in tears. I felt this big old hand on my shoulder, and it was my youth director. He said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know, but I feel like I'm dying. He said, well, let's pray. So he prayed. He said, Craig, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. He said, I do. I said, good, tell me so I can fix it. He said, God's calling to preach. I said, you better pray. <laughs> he began to pray. I said, Lord, if I don't do this, you're going to kill me. And it might kill me to do it. I guess I'd rather go obediently. That was on July 31st, 1980. Shut up. <laughs> I, I, I was, the burden was lifted. Stood up and my youth director hugged me and said, good, tomorrow you're preaching on the bus. That's a big book. I didn't know how I was going to find a sermon one in there. I stood for about 12, 13 minutes the next day and preached my first sermon and what I felt like sitting down in utter failure. But God lit something in my soul. We saw a couple thousand people get saved in just a week in Mexico. Brother Scott drove back, pulled up on the church parking lot. But two in the morning somebody was walking down West Tusk you know where that's at right in front of the church man we had for that trip if something was moving you, you gave it a gospel track I ran out there and gave them gave the man a gospel track and 
I explained to him what it was, and standing on the side of one of the busiest roads in Stark County, at the edge of the parking lot of our church, I won that man to Christ about two in the morning. I walked back, and tears were flowing. My, my youth director said, Craig, what's the matter? I said, we just drove thousands and thousands of miles to reach lost people. And they're walking up and down on our church parking lot, dying and going to hell. God broke my heart that day. I've been in the ministry full time for almost 35 years. 11 and a half years ago or so, God made it very clear we were to start Grace Baptist Church. God wants his church, not our church. God wants his church to grow. Not because we want a big church. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I have no numerical goals ever. That man will tell you. She'll tell you. I don't set numerical goals. I want to please him. But I've been in this area 22, almost 23 years. And as I drive up and down the streets of Jefferson and Berkeley County, I see sheep scattered as having no shepherd. I talk to people and they say, you mean there's a church that really cares? Yes, there is. There's a church that's friendly? Probably too friendly. You say, what's your goal, preacher? I want us to reach as many people as we can. Folks, look out. The harvest is truly plenteous. But the laborers are few. I'd like to see Grace Baptist Church reach as many people as we can for what time we have left till Jesus comes back. I don't know about you, but as that old preacher told me this week, I want to die in the pulpit with my boots on. Amen? I got my boots on. Now, wait a minute. Listen to me very carefully here. I don't just want to be part of it. I want you to be a contributor too. I'm going to appear for a second, Brother Anthony. Don't worry, I'm not preaching on Balaam. <laughs> it's not his job and not my job alone for this church to grow. We're only two people. Now, we're both pulling a load for two people each. But it's not just our job. We're supposed to be the shepherds that help the sheep reproduce in the fold. Amen. It's not just on him or me whether our church grows. It's on us. Everybody understand that? Okay, have a seat, Brother Anthony. You said enough. <laughs> I believe 2024 is the year of unbelievable growth for Grace Baptist Church. I'm as sure of it as I've ever been. 
say, how are we going to do it? I'm going to give you the end of the sermon at the beginning. And then I'm going to preach the devil out of you. It's going to take a long time to get the devil out of Polo. <laughs> how are we going to do it, preacher? I'm going to ask every family in our church to reach one family in 2024. I'm not asking you to reach a whole lot of families. I'm asking every family. Now, if you're come by yourself, you're a family. But if every family in this church would reach one family in 2024, that wall's coming down. Because we're not going to be able to hold everybody in this room. And I think we're at end stage for our modular approval. See, if everybody would do a little and everybody got involved, we add more laborers into the harvest, you get more harvest. Amen. Do you realize we have an endless harvest here? There are so many people, and I knock on doors, and I, I talk to people everywhere I go, and they really don't believe there's a real church anywhere. Because there's so many phonies out there. There's a lot of religion, but not many true churches. Well, this church isn't about what we're telling God. It's about us obeying the Word of God. He already told us we just got to preach it and live it. It's not my opinion. I said this in Sunday school this morning. The only thing God left out of the Bible is your opinion. Everybody doing okay? Hang on. You're going to get real mad in a second here. That means this, every one of us have to step up. Every one of us. You see, more people means we're going to need more workers. We're going to need more nursery help. Amen? Because more families with more babies means more babies, which means more hands needed on deck, and I ain't touching them. I didn't change my own kids' diapers. I ain't changing nobody else's. When my grandson exploded at the wedding a few months ago, I walked over with it leaking out and said, here you go, Mama, take care of it. You say, Preacher, you didn't do that. Ask my wife. Yes, I did. Say, why? I didn't change her diaper. I ain't changing his. Now, wait a minute. That means we're going to need uh, more workers for Sunday school. More workers for helping with ushering and greeting. And uh, at that point in time, we're going to need help in a parking lot, getting people parked. Uh, we're going to need more people to help clean in the buildings and get things ready and set up and tear down and get everything going. It will take more laborers as we reach more people. Amen. But can I tell you something? The new people are also prospects to be new workers. But they're not going to do anything if you're not doing anything. Ouch, that one hurt. Let me say this again. I don't think the bigness of a church is its success. I think the obedience of a church is its success. I don't believe the size of the church tells you it's successful. Did you know what comes out the wrong end of a cow can attract a crowd? Now, it's a crowd of flies, but it'll attract a crowd. I said that as nicely as I knew how. 
Can I tell you something? Just because you can get a big crowd doesn't mean you're successful. I'm not interested in a big church. But I believe with all my heart what the Word of God says. I believe that God wants every person that we can possibly reach to be reached. There are over 100,000 people that live within driving distance of this church. I, I probably shouldn't say this. Other than some of the brand new subdivisions, I know there's not a street in Berkeley County that I have not knocked every door. Myself, personally. There's not many streets in Jefferson County I haven't knocked doors on. But I can't do it myself. I sat in the hospital Monday morning early with the kidney stone. My my wife took me there and after a little while I told her to go home and get some sleep because she was going to be needing it, needed it at the school in the morning. I'd call her when it was time to go home. After I got through the fog of the drugs, <sighs> Brother Aaron, I watched people coming in and out of the emergency room. My heart broke because I was in no shape to help them. Brother Joe, I literally was hurting because there was people there hurting and I couldn't go help them. <laughs> if I got up, I'd have fell down. And I wasn't seeing straight enough to drive over there in a wheelchair. I said, God, please give me strength to reach these people. Let me help them someday. I'm not going to let the size of the church affect the spirit of the church. If we double this, we'll have double the spirit, not double the problems. Everybody doing okay? That means we don't change what we are. We change them to what we are. Please make sure you take your meds. You see, we're supposed to do it God's way with God's methods, not man's way with man's methods. It's not about having a big church. By the way, I was an assistant pastor in the world's largest Sunday school. We averaged 24,000, 25,000 every Sunday. We had a 7,000-seat auditorium. I know what a big church is. Everybody doing okay? I, I, I know. I've been there. I've preached there. I've been a part of it. I've helped run it. I'm not interested in the size of the church I want us to reach each and every person that we can reach. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. God wants us to reach every person we can possibly reach. We're going to need more nursery workers. We're going to need more folks helping to clean and help with the chairs. We're going to need more folks to sing in the choir and special music. Oh, uh, you don't want me helping with that. 
We're going to need help with parking and Sunday school help. We're going to need help with the hospitality ministry and junior church and other and soul winning and visiting and follow up and many different things. And it's going to take more laborers the more people we reach. And I, I hate to say this. But I'm not getting any younger. I'll be 57 this year. If I, if I live my three score and ten that God has promised, that means I got 13 years left. Now I think I got enough gas in the tank to make it. And I'm going to keep it as strong as I can, but the last month showed me that my health, I got to take care of it a little bit. I might not be able to push quite as hard. The old preacher's still keeping the 70, 80, 90 hour weeks and doing all he can, but I can't do it all. I want to. But do I burn out early or do you jump in and help me and let's push it a little farther? That's all I ask. I was supposed to preach a sermon for Sunday of this month, but I was sick. I've missed one church service in 11 and a half years outside of that Sunday for being sick. That was the day I had shingles from my chin to the top of my feet. And I preached Sunday morning with it that way. I just couldn't make it back for Sunday night church. The only other services I've missed was that Sunday due to sickness. Got through that. And then the kidney stone this week. Y'all don't know what the last 13, 14 months has been like on, on your preacher. More than you'll ever know. But it's time. It's time. It's time that each family reach a family at Grace Baptist Church. I firmly believe that God wants each of us to reach somebody and start bringing them to the things that we do. Men, let's reach men and bring them to men's prayer breakfast. Ladies, let's reach ladies and bring them to the ladies' meetings and all the other things that y'all do. It's time we start reaching people and bring them to the evening service on Sunday and Wednesday night, Sunday school. You see, we don't just need more people. We're also going to need, as we reach more people, more laborers. And when we labor for God, that means we're going to have to step up as an example and start living a little bit more like he wants us to live. Everybody doing okay? My son's in the Air Force. My, uh, my second child is in the Air Force. He doesn't wear a Marine uniform. He wears an Air Force uniform. I believe if we're going to work for God, we ought to wear the uniform of God. At least while we're serving God here. At least while we're here, we've got to be the example. If we are not, who will be? Matter of fact, you say, well, preacher, I'm getting older and there's not much I can do. Yes, there is. 
God told you what to do right here. Verse 38, pray ye therefore labors into the harvest. I'm going to say something here. Brother Jim, you're what? 176? No, I mean uh, 93. <laughs> I don't know what 176 feels like. Brother Jim's 93 years old. But I wonder how many people have been in this church and how many people have gotten saved because of Brother Jim. Got Ricky and Deb back there that you brought to church. He had a caretaker here Christmas Sunday and she got saved. A couple others have gotten saved. A couple others have been to church. He's brought family to church. If a 93-year-old man who fell and broke his hip can do it, I guess God could use us too, couldn't he? Are yes, you doing all right? I'm, I'm about to cut loose. Hang on, Brother Jim. Don't, don't egg me on too soon. I'm kind of like that coon dog, and I got one up a tree. Here we go, amen. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. And I hope he comes today. But if not, we got work to do. It's not time to play. It's time to work. This isn't crown-bearing day. This is cross-bearing day. This isn't party day. This is harvest day. This is putting up hay day. I don't know about you. But if the Lord came back, would you be pleased with what you've done for him? Or is there more you could do? Maybe God will use somebody in this church. How'd you like to be the person to knock on a door? Win the last person to Christ before Jesus comes back. They bow their head and trust Christ as their Savior. The trumpet blows and you go up together. Man, that would be fun. But I believe each one of our families could reach a family this year. How are we going to do it, preacher? Number one, invite everybody you can. You know, you just got to invite people to church. Stop out at that basket out by the front doors there. Grab you a couple stacks of tracks and just pass them out everywhere you go and invite people to church. Preacher, I don't know what to say. Hand them a gospel track and say, here, it's a great church if you're interested. Love to have you. Everybody doing okay? It's a real church. Now, it's not real fancy. We don't have stained glass. But you might get stains in your britches if you walk in the mud. You know, it, it's not hard to invite somebody. How many of you all have children or grandchildren? Raise, raise your hand. You know, it's not hard for you to talk about them. Somebody asked me about my grandson. Yeah, let me show you. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? How about we get that excited about Jesus? Amen. If you fall in love with him and you're excited about it, you're going to tell everybody about it. Boy, that's good stuff. Anybody that's interested in church... Or you might know somebody who's interested in church. And you say, well, preacher, I think they'd be interested, but I might not be the one to talk to them. We have something called a prospect card. I'll show, tell you about these in a second. 
So all you got to do is fill out the information on the front of that, and we'll have somebody go visit them. You say, well, preacher, I don't want them to know that I gave you their address. Then just write on there, don't tell them who, who, and you don't have to put your name on it. I can say, I don't know who gave it to us, but here we go. So, well, preacher, how do I, how do I get those? I got a whole stack of them right there. Right outside these double doors, both sets of double doors, right on the post before you get to Mrs. Barnes's office, there's a little black wire rack right there. And they'll be there. Once you fill it out, you can put it into the big part of that. And we'll check it and we'll follow up and get them visited. They'll be doing all right? I'm not even asking you to do the talking. You just get me the addresses and I'll go. He'll go. We'll get people to go. Say what? Because the harvest truly is plenteous and the laborers are few. Be willing to help us follow up. If you come to Sunday school or you be willing to, somebody comes visits our church, we need help visiting folks. Uh, say, preacher, I'll, I'd be willing to make some visits. I'll be willing to, some of you older folks can't get out. Well, you can make phone calls. I can get you calling through people that haven't been in church in a while. Everybody doing all right? I'll take you at whatever level you'll give it. Say, why? Because the laborers are few. Uh... <laughs> Maybe you ought to, uh, when, when visitors, and you all are incredible about taking care of visitors at our church. And I, I'm not complaining, but can I give some of you some ideas that aren't involved yet? Uh, we have a hospitality ministry, and there's a group of ladies that uh, they put bags together of goodies and things. And when people come, we make sure that they go home with some homemade goodies and things. And I love it. My, uh, my wife oversees that, and uh, she does a great job with it. But as we get more and more visitors, it takes more and more people to help with that. See her about it. But there's other things you can do. There are people here, you could make a little extra food every Sunday and a family that comes and visits, invite them to your house for dinner or take them out to dinner. Say, you mean have them come? I don't know them. That's a good way to get to know them. This is a true story. I heard Brother Hyle say this story 50 times. He was preaching one day back in the 1970s. They had just built half the new auditorium. And a family came in, all four of them, blondes, came back in and sat towards, back, towards the back of the auditorium. Man and his wife and his two daughters. They sat through the service. They, they watched all the folks get saved and baptized. And at that time, they were probably only running about 12, 15,000 people. And one of the church members walked up and introduced themselves and said, we, I, we noticed you're visiting today. Would you come to dinner with us? Oh, no, no, no. We could. Oh, yes, you could. We'd love to take you to dinner. He said, it's okay. We have to leave. I've got to get back to Ypsilanti, Michigan. Man's name was Dr. Russell Anderson. A multimillionaire. And he called Brother Hiles and he said, let me tell you what happened. They didn't know who I was. And they didn't care. They were just doing their job, and it impressed him. The beginnings of Hiles Anderson College, where I went to college. I wonder if there would even be a college I could have gone to had it not been for a church family concerned about visitors in their church.
I wonder. I wonder if there would have been no training of young people to go into the ministry. All around the world, a thousand churches started by graduates. A thousand in America. I wonder if one church family would not have been concerned about visitors enough to invite a family to lunch, even though they didn't go. Look what happened. You see, have extra food ready. Take, be willing to take in, in, invite them. Be willing just to be friendly. You know, it's not hard to be friendly. Hi, how are you? This is my name. What's your name? I, I said at the beginning about when God called me to preach. Can I tell you why it was so hard on me? I was shy. I know you don't believe that. You can ask my dad when he gets back from Florida. I, I failed every oral book report in school because I wouldn't get up and give it. I didn't want to talk in front of nobody. I was a scrawny little kid. <laughs> when I graduated from Bible college, I was still wearing boys' size suits. I'm not kidding. My wife will tell I weighed 121 pounds at the current height that I am right now. Scott, yeah, yeah, Scott's left leg weighs that much. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I mean, uh, I'm twice the, not, no, I ain't close, but I'm one and a half. <laughs> I'm one and a half times the size I used to be. I, I was a scrawny little kid. I had a 26-inch waist when I graduated from college. Not anymore. Now, wait a minute. I, honestly, I was shy. I still am. Why do you think when I knock on the door, my first thought is, I hope they're not home. <laughs> Say, preacher, no, it is. And I've been doing this for four and a half decades. Say, why? I don't like to talk in front of anybody. Brother Aaron, I took him out so winning one day, hot, one summer day. I knocked on the first door. He said, do you hope you're home? they're home? I said, nope. <laughs> Just that quick. But all of a sudden I heard footsteps and something worked up from my toes clear up to my mouth and on we went. We had people saved that day. Huh. Maybe we just ought to be willing to invite people to church. Take care of them when they're here. Number two, invite people to the church functions that we have. I'm talking about picnics and uh, men invite people to men's prayer breakfast. Ladies to the ladies meetings. Uh, invite people to your Sunday school class. You know, we live in a world they can get up to play, but they can't get up and go to church. Everybody doing all right? I, I read something recently. Uh, you'll see a weather report, you know, hurricane warning, and everybody gets prepared. Well, Jesus is coming and nobody cares. I'll be honest with you, let the hurricane roar. I'm more concerned about Jesus coming than a hurricane, especially this far inland. Uh, maybe invite them to Sunday school class or Sunday school activity. Invite them to Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night church. Invite them to listen to our radio broadcast on uh, our internet radio that we have daily. 
Say, why? That'll help people. Uh, maybe you ought to keep in contact with him as a friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make a statement here. More people will come by a personal invitation than by any announcement. Amen. Some of you men, you're, you're waiting for somebody, uh, even though you've been to prayer breakfast before, you're just waiting for somebody to ask you. Well, men, ask them to come. Everybody doing all right? Ladies, well, they heard the same announcements I heard. Yeah, but they want somebody personally to invite them. Especially if they're new to our church, they don't know that they're invited. Let me tell you something, you're invited. You have a personal invitation from the pastor himself. There you go. Everybody doing all right? You see, maybe we ought to put the personal back in it. Number three. (laughs) I love this. When you go fishing, use a net, not a line. When Jesus looked at his disciples, he said, I go a fishing. If you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He wasn't talking about taking a fishing pole out, sitting on the edge of the edge of the bank with a bobber and just waiting for something to come by. Those were professional fishermen. They used nets. Did you know a net catches everything? Doesn't matter how big, how small, doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what species. Guess what? Red and yellow, black and white, they're all same to God. Soul has no color. Now, black folk have a little bit more soul, but uh, anyway. (laughs) Amen, Miss Kim? Amen, Miss Libby? (laughs) I love them. They, preacher, you you sure you don't have black blood? No, it's red. Uh, (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Can I tell you something? I, I don't give a flip what color somebody's skin is. They have a never-dying soul and they need to get born again or they're going to die and go to hell. And they need the gospel and they need us. You see, maybe we ought not try to angle for the one that's got the coin in its mouth. Bless God, let's take a haul. Drop the net and catch them all. Big ones, little ones, fat ones, skinny ones. It doesn't matter to me. Bring them all. You know... (laughs) It's not our job to determine how the growth goes in the field. It's ours to sow the, fe- sow the seed. Right. Everybody doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was, I was in Canada fishing one time, and we got into a mess of uh, rock bass, uh, rock, rockfish. They, weren't, they were like crappie. We were putting three hooks on a line, running two poles, and you'd throw one in, bring it up, take three fish off, bait it up, throw it in, pull this one up, take three. I mean, it was that way all day long. You got tired of taking fish off of them. I mean, it was almost no fun. That's the way it ought to be. Don't just put one hook in the water. Keep them all baited, amen? Throw in debt. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. If you're not excited, how are they going to be excited? Stand up, visitor. Lost man on your way to hell. You look. You can play that part real well. Hi, I got a church. Hope you come see us sometime. How exciting is that? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hello, sir. What's your name? Anthony. Anthony. Good to meet you. Hey, I'm Pastor Bush from Grace Baptist Church. Do you go to church anywhere? 
Oh, good. You're just man I'm looking for. We'd love to have you come and start. Guess what? That goes a whole lot better than here. Hope you come to church. <laughs> now I'll take here come to church, but it ain't real exciting. You all know what I'm talking. You made my track back. <laughs> Get your own. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Maybe if we got excited about it, somebody else would get excited with us. You know, I'm just going to say this. And a lot of this is because the problem in America today is not the White House, though that is a big problem. The bigger problem is the church house because people aren't being taught the word of God. I blame the preachers in the, in the quote-unquote religion of America, not the politicians. If the men of God were preaching and we were having revival like we should, we wouldn't have these jerks in office to begin with. I mean, these wonderful people. Maybe, and and I'm not mad at anybody, America has been so unbiblically churched, they don't know some things. And I'm not blaming you. There's terms I use that some of you are like, huh? Huh? I believe if you come into a, to the church, you ought to join the church eventually. You say, well, I'm coming. That doesn't mean you join the membership. That means you come forward, put your, if you've been saved, you've got to get baptized by immersion. Past that, <laughs> come forward, we'll put your name on the, on the roll, and you're an actual member of the church. Amen. Say, well, what's that do? Makes you right with God. I, I can't tell you all the benefits, but I know this. I've, I've never been without a church membership. God's doing pretty good for my wife and I. Everybody doing all right? So maybe if you joined it, it's easier to get people involved in it. Number two, maybe you ought to start coming to more than just Sunday morning. You know, I don't preach the same sermon Sunday night. I have a whole different sermon. It's all sitting there, ready to go. It's already in. It's all i got to do is lock and load. Here we go. We'll say amen, pray, sing a couple songs, and I'll preach it Sunday morning if you want me to. Hang on. Uh, Maybe you ought to get involved in things at the church, just not tell people about it. Show up. You know, if I want you to get excited, if this is crazy like me, and this is dead as a doornail like some of you, If I'm right here, I can only bring you about that far. But if I'm clear over here, I can get you where I want you to be. I'm not asking you to be like me. Nobody wants to do that. But I am saying this. If you get excited about it, it's amazing what will happen. That's true. Have a seat, Brother Anthony. Man, you're getting involved in my sermon way too much today. That means this. Don't target just one family. Try to reach as many as you can. Because you may target one and they may never show up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, I've, been, I've knocked on millions, no lie, of doors. I've knocked on door. Man comes to the door dressed in a suit and I'm thinking, now that's the guy that's going to listen to me. Usually he's the first one to cuss me out. I'm not kidding. A guy comes to the door, six foot six, 320 pounds, got tattoos from finger to finger and all the way in between. His face looks like he got in a fight with a pop rivet gun. 
I'm thinking, man, that guy eats old ladies for breakfast and, and old men for lunch. And nails in glass for dinner. And you're thinking, there ain't no way that guy's going to listen. And I'll say, sir, if you died today, do you know 100% sure you go to heaven? He'd say, nope. <laughs> and Brother Steve, open up my Bible and show him how he's a sinner. Yep, I know that. Jesus came to pay your sin debt for you. All you have to do is trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Is that all I got to do? That's all you got to do. Bow his head and trust Christ as Savior. And that one got saved. The one I thought was going to get saved cussed me out. The one I didn't think going to get saved, he's the one got saved, came to church, guy's life changed. Amen. See, if it's left up to me, I'm not God. God's willing to save both. But let's quit judging thinking we're God and we know who's going to get it and who's not. Boy, that's good stuff. Lastly, we can all pray for laborers. I think we ought to add to our daily prayer list, God provide workers for our church. I know the day I knocked on Aaron and Jennifer's door. I went there to give them the gospel. Knocking on doors. Hot day. Oh, 100 degrees out hot. Yeah. Yeah, your husband was gross. He just got mowed to grass. It was a good thing I couldn't smell or taste. Uh, wait a minute. Who knew he'd be an usher and she's an assistant Sunday school teacher? Because the preacher was praying for laborers. Did I know when I knocked on their door? No, but God did. Who knew they, Larry and Sherry came in, old warehouse building down the street. They walked through the door and you could tell they were a bit almost uncomfortable. <laughs> she almost uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. <laughs> and I said, well, we're not real fancy. He said, good, neither are we. They sat right back where, about where Arnold and Libby are right now in that old auditorium. I preached that day. Brother Larry's knuckles were turning white, grabbing onto the chair ahead of him. Miss Sherry walked out and got saved. I motioned to somebody to go talk to Brother Larry, and in just about a minute, they come walking down the aisle, and they both got saved. Came back the next week and baptized them in an old horse tank. You have no idea what those two have done to help with this church. Every person just about that's ever been baptized, they've washed the clothes and the towels. But Larry does all kinds of work around here. Who knew the day I knocked on their door and we, we got to know them? Who knew the day Steve and Chris came? We're still working on Steve to get saved. <laughs> Another hot day. You were out in your shed. I'm dressed just like this. He said, preacher, take your coat off. I'm thinking, nope. He said, take your coat off. Nope. After 45 minutes standing in the sun, sweating till I was, uh, I took my coat off. 
I said, I got my gun on. He said, it's okay, I got a whole bunch of them in the house. He said, I got mine on too. Yeah, but I'm not used to having it exposed. Wait a minute. They had heartaches and needs and burdens. If you walked up and down this hallway or used the washroom today, it's clean because of those two. See, there's a whole lot goes on you don't know. It means you pray for the staff and I, for Anthony and Mrs. Barnes and myself and my wife with the school. Pray for the nursery and the nursery workers. Pray for our Sunday school teachers and assistant teachers. Pray for the junior church workers. God, pray for them. Pray for the choir and special music. Pray for those that usher and greet. Pray for our deacons. They really need prayer. Pray for those that help at the rescue mission. Had nine, at least nine people saved their Friday night when Brother Juan preached. Pray for those that work with the van route and those that work with our security team. And pray for those that make visits and go soul winning. Hey, we can all pray. I got to the church a little after, about three minutes after five this morning. After I got in, got my things put down. Brother Wiley went down the hall and stopped at the nursery and stepped in and Prayed for the nursery and the nursery workers and those that would bring children to our nursery. I asked God to save those little ones that would be in that nursery early in life and keep them from a life of ruin and wreck. Stopped at Brother Anthony's office and prayed for the senior saints. Went into the fellowship hall and went to Mrs. Barnes's classroom and prayed for her middle elementary class. Went to Brother Scott's room and Brother Juan's room and prayed for the junior hires and senior hires and their parents that they wouldn't lose their brains too. <laughs> Stopped at Brother Anthony's Sunday school class and prayed for the younger adults in your class. And into Miss Jamie's class her and Jennifer and the little ones. I stepped back out into the fellowship hall and prayed for junior church. Came through that door and I stopped at every row asking God to bless my Sunday school class and then came back down and asked God to bless our church service today. I was weeping as I went. out right here I said God help us to reach more doing what I can but I need everybody's help maybe I've been selfish and trying too hard on my own I need everybody's help because the harvest truly is plenteous and the laborers are few. There's so many people in this area we need to reach. May I say something? 
They just need to know they're needed. I look back and I see Scott and Jackie. They were shocked that there was a church like ours. Everybody's shocked. I remember one sitting at their table one day and Brother Scott asked me a question. Brother Scott, you're the only human being I know that's ever asked me that question. We were talking about they'd been coming a while and asked him about maybe joining the church. And he said, well, what do you expect of your church members? I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask me that question. It kind of rattled me for a second. And that takes a lot. I said, nothing. Be there. Listen to the preaching and obey God. Get involved as you can and as you want. And he said, you mean I don't have to do this? I said, no. We don't have to do this? No. You don't expect this? I said, no. He said, really? I said, no. I just want you to be there so we can love on you and you can grow in the Lord and do what you can. I've watched that tough old man stand up here. Older man, not old man. Watch that tough man stand up here and sing today in the choir. Bless my heart. Huh. Pray you therefore labors into the harvest. But maybe God wants you to put feet to your prayers. Let me ask you a question. Will you and your family work at reaching a family this year? If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven, can I tell you something? It's the easiest thing you could ever do. It happened to me 52 years ago when I was a a four-and-a-half-year-old boy, and I've been just as saved as Jesus Christ ever since. I'm not talking about joining the church or an experience. I'm talking about you realize you're a sinner. Because we're sinners, there's a penalty on sin, and that penalty is death and hell. By the way, I can prove you're a sinner because you're going to die someday just like I am. But Jesus came and paid your sin debt for you. You don't get saved by doing something other than trusting him as your savior. It's very simple. You get saved today if you're not. If you've been saved and never baptized, we can take care of it. The water's warm. We've got everything you need here. If you've been saved and baptized by immersion and like to join our church, you come and let's get you on the membership roll. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. But I wonder, who'd say, preacher, I want to take part in each family, reaching a family. I'm going to ask God to help me reach a family this year. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Oh, if we do that, we're busting walls down. I believe God would be pleased with that. In a moment, Brother Randy will begin to play when he does. We'll stand to our feet when we stand to our feet. If you don't know for sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, would you come? We'll take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure. If you raised your hand saying, Preacher, I want my family to reach a family. How about you come kneel at an old-fashioned altar and ask God to help you today? Let's show God how much we really mean today.